We don't have to go into all these theatrics of casting out these demons and throwing people on the floor and having people convulsing and puking and hysterically crying and seizuring. Like it's in some cases, it's actually invoking seizures and people are going, look at these demons being cast out. And it's like, they're not though. You've actually invoked such a deep anxiety attack in that child or that adult that they're seizuring and people don't see this and I'm like what is going on welcome to the comeback experience podcast I am your host Riley June master life coach and behavioral therapist I am here to help you conquer your fears, hardships, and painful past in the name of Jesus through prayer, taking radical responsibility over your life, and scriptural encouragement. You can expect to say goodbye to your anxieties and step into your comeback season starting today. It's not about making sure you're ready. It's about one degree shifts at a time, day by day. It's time to rise into your purpose-filled, Holy Spirit-led life now. Let's dive in. The new podcast episode, or new podcast, which is She Is Restored, which I'm so excited about. Okay, welcome everyone to a new session, to a new episode. Today's topic is going to be on deliverance. This is something that I really held off talking about for quite some time. Um, I'm going to talk about what deliverance is, how it's being used, um, the supposed benefits of it, but actually, in fact, how this is more likely re-traumatizing people, some things that I have witnessed surrounding it, and how you really need to be weary of how the New Age movement has now... um, Um, what is the word that I'm looking for? It's like infested, infected, there's a word, infected the spirit, the, uh, sorry, the Christian ideology and what that really looks like and, and what a Christian even is. I think a lot of people really get turned off by God because every single person on this planet is a hypocrite and it doesn't matter what your faith or denomination looks like. We all do it. We tell white lies to our kids. We tell white lies to ourselves. You know, we try and hide things from God or hopefully our subconscious or our partners and we think we can get away with it. God sees it all. He knows what we're doing. Okay. He knows. That's why he sent us Jesus. That's the best news. So today, let's talk about deliverance and just some of like the insane things that I've seen coming out around this. So one of the biggest, let's start with what deliverance is. Okay, so in the churches, deliverance used to be, um, oh my goodness, where's all my words? It used to be the the cleansings of spirits. What do they used to do this for? The exorcisms. There we go. Deliverance today is essentially the modern day exorcism where you are cleansing and you are casting out demons and demonic spirits and attachments and possession from your soul, from your vessel and your body. And to an extent... As we are a person who lives in this world, we will all have some sort of infection of demonic possession, right? We have it in our addiction habits and tendencies, whether it's overeating or indulging, whether it's social media and scrolling on our phones, whether it's over-exercising, under-exercising, whether it's uh, emotional things, sexual things, we all have some forms of addiction. Gambling, overspending, hoarding our money, like it, 
it comes in all forms. We all have different forms of addiction. And ultimately what that is, is an entity attachment that we have within ourselves, within our lives. And what we see today is the deliverance movement being brought to the surface surrounding people getting delivered of demons, people getting demons cast out of their system, the modern day exorcism. We don't need to do it in back rooms in churches or locked in doors for weeks in our or locked behind doors for weeks in our homes anymore with holy water. You can lay on the floor, put your hands ac- across like uh, closed in your chest or over your head and some priest or some pastor or some faith leader now, really anyone can apparently do this, can cast demons out of your system in the name of Jesus Christ. This is no different than the New Age movement saying, I can heal your trauma with some Reiki energy or with some chakra cleansing or with some sage burning. This is literally no different. And why it's no different is because just because you use the name of Jesus doesn't automatically give a spiritual authority to somebody to be cleansed of their sins or to be healed of their ways or to experience miracles. The devil can offer miracles too. The devil can drop thousands of dollars in your bank account, bank account, aka manifestation. The devil can bring the perfect soulmate that you think is exactly for you into your life and it turns out they end up being a great person or they end up being a narcissist. It really just depends on so many different factors. The devil can grant miracles too. I think a lot of people don't really understand that or they've never taken the time to really explore to understand that. And so deliverance has become the the new prosperity gospel where everyone in the Christian movement right now or the idea of a, a Jesus movement is that the Bible constantly talks about abundance. So blessed you shall be with the abundance of fruits in your life when you pray and when you lean on God. But God's not talking about your bank account being filled up or you having all these insane opportunities coming into your life. God is literally always only referring to inner peace in the name of Jesus and heaven, the kingdom in which he promises at the end. He's not talking about literally anything other than that. And we as people will attribute or attach meaning to things when we don't really understand things or when we've been persuaded to believe something that's not quite true, like the New Age movement and how it can help heal you. But the truth is that you have to take accountability in healing and the only one who can truly grant pure miracles is God through Jesus Christ. Now, with that being said, I have to caveat this because I will have some people who are like, yeah, but... God grants miracles and God does these things. And if the devil grants miracles, you know, how do we know who's who? Here's how you know the difference. Your individual practice. The time you spend in the word. You can have literally just had your eyes opened and awakened to the fact that the New Age movement is just demonically demonic possession and self-idolization and not even know where to start. Literally, page one of your Bible. Usually I have it here out of held it up but um page one of your bible start with genesis just start reading it to learn god's character that's it your practice in your faith and developing a deeper level of discernment surrounding what is of god and what is not 
just simply comes in your daily practice with prayer, with meditating on the word, and just being present with God. Turn everything off. Get up earlier. Be in silence. Sit with him. Sit with him. And just be with him. But you can't just sit with him and say you're developing a relationship with God and not reading the word. Because the only way you'll actually start to understand his character and his expectations of you and the beliefs that you need to shed and have restored is going to be in reading the word. The book that he offered us that literally gives us the map to life. Living the best life. Living to... Enter the kingdom of heaven, which by the way, narrow are the gates to heaven. And so there are stipulations to it. Just like you can't drive on a road at 100 kilometers an hour in a 40 zone and say, well, I just felt like driving this fast today or, you know, I just wanted to get there faster or somebody was in trouble. So I had to shortcut the system. It's like the judge is going to say, yeah, I understand, but we need to look at what you actually did, right? You don't just get to Say, hey, I know I sped, but look at all these good things I did. Look at all these donations I gave. Look at all these nice things. I yeah, but we're not talking about the good things you did. We're talking about the things you're going to be judged on, the Ten Commandments, right? So I'm getting slightly off track, but I think that it's important to context this because I, by the way, KV it again, I'm not perfect in this. I'm not perfect in this, but what I feel allows me to be qualified to even speak on this is that from a scientific and psychological approach, I understand anxiety. I understand personal responsibility. I understand the importance of rewiring and firing new neurons in your brain to actually rid yourself of those um, those addictions and those possessions and that pain and that trauma and that suffering and actually allowing you to feel the inner peace that you get when you come to Jesus, when you lean on the word, when you meditate with God, when you walk with him in your heart, when the Holy Spirit is transforming your soul. I understand what that looks like from a scientific psychological approach. And so you can go to a church and you can get prayed over and blessed over and be in community and be prayed over and blessed over and you can do all these things. But if you don't take the actions in your day-to-day life, your brain is a hard program. It's gonna revert back to old ways and old habits and old ways and uh, old thinking patterns. You actually have to put in the work. You have to walk as if that is happening to you as the Holy Spirit enters and transforms you. So we have this deliverance movement today where I'm going to tell you a story. And this is really where the biggest red flag peaked me um, almost a year ago. So a year ago, I went to a church. Um, I think it was a year and a half ago. It was still like when there was COVID restrictions and there was everyone had to wear a mask. And this one particular church in Drayton Valley had them at the front and just just said like, you're smart enough. You're an adult. You can make the decision for yourself. We're not going to judge you. We have to, by regulation, put this here for you, right? So do what you will with that. Some people wore them. Most people didn't. And in this church, it was very like... Um, uh, uh, mega church esque, right? So it was very like jumping up and down the theatrics, the band, the movements, the the baton ribbons, like all the things. People are praising, people are crying, people are on their knees, and I'm not judging that, by the way. I'm not judging that. You know, that was that was the experience. And so afterwards, this is really what got me. 
And I I am so grateful that the Lord guided me through four years of learning about energy and attachment energetically and how trauma affects us and starts within us energetically before it forms a thought in our mind, which creates a feeling, which creates an action, which gives us a result, um, which inevitably is our behaviors and our characters and our personalities. I'm so glad the Lord led me through that because it helped me to look at what was happening in this moment in this church and really realize that not only was this likely going to become a really big like movement problem, but that a lot of people are just uneducated in doing what they're doing. It's really no different than somebody having some kind of healing experience or overcoming a challenge, somebody losing 100 pounds and then jumping online and saying, hey, I'm a personal trainer, I can help you lose weight, right? If you don't have any qualifications, if you don't have any education, if you don't really know how to work with people, which by the way are unique and every every single person is unique. The, the foundation of psychology is the fact that they cannot stem from one specific method because in every single case, one method does not apply. Sometimes it's many, sometimes it's one. There's four primary ones that we work with. With that being said, I'm in this church and after this service, a beautiful service, by the way, wonderful people, there was a group of people who was up at the front and there was this woman who clearly had a lot of trauma in her life and had come to church for the promise of that peace and that that healing. And there was four or five people, one of them who was praying over her and two of them who had her wrapped in her sweater and were rubbing her back as she's literally throwing up in a bucket and they're delivering her. They're casting demons out of her. And I'm watching this happen and I'm like, okay, I understand that when people get purged of things energetically, mentally, and emotionally, it can actually cause a physical reaction. Like that's not uncommon um, to the point of somebody literally puking. I understand that some people literally just talking about deep, heavy set trauma can cause them to throw up. They've had their voice suppressed for so long that talking about it literally makes them throw up. They have to like convulse it out of them before they can actually get it out. So I understand that that's not actually uncommon. But what was the biggest red flag around this is that as this woman was convulsing, they kept going. They kept delivering her as if that was affirmation and confirmation that the demons were coming out of her and they're rubbing her back and they're encouraging her and they're like, let it out and let it out. And they're just like, I'm standing back and I'm watching this and this woman starts to hysterically cry. And so she's hysterically crying and she's throwing up and she's shaking. And I am witnessing what is no longer a good intended deliverance and is now actually just traumatizing her. Her nervous system is in such fight and flight that she is going into a full-fledged panic attack and anxiety attack that nobody around her is recognizing and understanding. And I'm sitting there like in absolute utter shock. Now my um, anxiety response is actually freeze. I can't play the game of tag because I will literally freeze when I feel someone like anywhere behind me, like just remotely behind me coming towards me, I freeze. So like in a situation, Phil and I have had this conversation where if we have to like run from danger, I'm screwed. Just leave me behind, save the kids. Like 
I freeze. You will have to pick me up and carry me. I don't know how to unprogram that. Like, we'll work on that one day. But, like, I am very aware that that is my response. So I'm frozen watching this, this woman become completely traumatized due to this supposed deliverance. And nobody around her is even remotely understanding what is happening because they are so stuck in this idea that they've been fed that this is helping her. It might have been able to, but I really do believe that the proof of prayer and actually just sitting in a circle with each other and praying over one another is deliverance alone. We don't have to go into all these theatrics of casting out these demons and throwing people on the floor and having people convulsing and puking and hysterically crying and seizuring. Like it's in some cases, it's actually invoking seizures and people are going, look at these demons being cast out. And it's like, they're not though. You've actually invoked such a deep anxiety attack in that child or that adult that they're seizuring. And people don't see this. And I'm like, what is going on? How the F do we miss this? What? Like, I get so fired up about this. And now I'm seeing ads on Facebook where it's like, come for your deliverance or the deliverance is the key. It's like, the deliverance isn't the key. You are literally invoking demonic possession by putting people in such a deep state of trauma that they have to convulse to hopefully signal to you that they're in, they're in, like, they're in a trauma response. You're actually putting demons back into them by traumatizing them or re-traumatizing them. So now they're going to have that attachment to that pain and that suffering and that fear as if now they need to go and do that same, if they don't get that same response when they go get prayed over or delivered, that they're not getting healed. In Jesus' name, I cast out the demons from you that hold into attachment, that hold you and bind you into addiction, that hold and bind you into fear and suffering and worry. In Jesus' name, I pray over you the fruit of the Spirit so that you can feel the inner peace and calming that God offers us through His Son. In Jesus' name, I invoke the Holy Spirit to bind you to the practice of discipline in God's Word. Amen. Amen. That's it. And you should feel goosebumps over your body and you should work on that muscle of trust and faith. That, that right there should be the deliverance. It should be the deliverance. Because another thing that I've learned so wholeheartedly around trauma is you can ask people, what did you deal with in childhood? And what what do you want to be delivered from today? And this is the sexual abuse of my father, this, the sexual abuse of this, or the, the physical abuse of that, or the mental trauma of this, or the narcissist, or when they start listing off specific traumas, and now you are offering them words of affirmation to not only validate what they went through, but in this hope and in this light that they're now going to be delivered from this specific experience, what you're actually doing is pinging the deepest parts of their suffering and their pain using the specifics. Like it's manipulative marketing is what it is. And you're actually invoking trauma. The thing with prayer is that it is so 
personal. It is about pure introspection. And yes, we get to come into churches and into community and we get to pray over each other. But that prayer isn't about getting into the grind of that person's suffering. See, the thing with the New Age movement is that they literally use the deepest parts of your trauma to speak to, okay, now that we've dealt with your awareness surrounding this abuse, let's talk about the feeling. Let's talk about this specific. Let's talk about how it built this. Let's talk about this. And the new age movement is all about re-traumatizing you. And that's how it keeps you on the hamster wheel of you're never healed. It's always got to be unpacked in layers and you got to keep working at it. What I've learned about psychology and behavior and what I've been applying with my clients for the last six years to actually help them move forward in their life, physically, emotionally, mentally, now spiritually with Jesus, encouraging you to develop that practice with him in the word every day for yourself is that you got to have something to focus on that moves you forward. If you keep looking back, if you keep going to prayer circles for the same thing, if you keep going to these deliverances for the same thing, you're not getting delivered of anything. You're not actually moving forward from anything. You're not actually working in forgiveness. You're not actually working in grace. You're not actually working in love because you're constantly focused on what hurts you. If you have the Holy Spirit invoked within you and you are working on the discipline in the word every morning and your faith introspectively and growing your capacity to move forward, you have to be moving forward. You got to be focusing on something that's moving you forward, not constantly focused on the past. And if you're going to deliverances or you're watching people going to go to deliverances where they're having literal seizures or they're being invoked into panic and anxiety disorders and attacks, that's literally opening up a portal spiritually for demon possession. That's not moving you forward. You should need one. You should need one prayer over you from someone else or like illnesses is a great example of this. Okay. You have an illness. Maybe you have cancer. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming to my rant. Um, if you have cancer, if you have some kind of illness, right? Um, MS or um what's the memory one anyways now i need it um anyways if you have any illness that actually runs long term okay yeah pray over that constantly pray over that but what are you doing to work towards that are you getting treatment are you working holistically to improve the quality of the food within your body there's there's so many treatments, and I know, again, not everything applies to everyone, but the Gerson theory is a great example of how we can literally use food when sourced organically and ethically to heal our body. Our food is everything to our body. So if you're getting delivered of the spirits, you likely have some form of addiction either um, as an external stimulant, stimulant or something that you're shoving down your throat to, to keep you attached to that. What are you doing to work on that habit? What are you doing to work on that behavior, right? Are you are you working on something that's from your past that, that's not an illness related? You have to work on the habit changes. You have to work on the discipline. You can't just pray. It's like the law of manifestation. You sit on the couch and you say, I want to manifest a million dollars of the lottery. Okay, here's my hand. It's out. Nothing's going to come. You got to go buy the lottery ticket. If you want to lose the weight, if you want to be healed of your pain, if you want to actually forgive people, 
You got to work on the discipline in the word with Jesus to heal you of that pain and that suffering. And that might be a daily practice, but as you move forward, what you're doing with your brain is you're rewiring it, you're hardwiring it to know that you have forgiven. That the Holy Spirit is in fact in you and you have forgiven. You have forgiven the person not to relinquish them of what they have done, but to free you of what they have done to you. That chain, that bind does not stay with you any longer because you're actually working on moving forward. We have to like really use our discernment because there are wolves in sheep's clothing all over the place. Matthew 7, 15, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. Stephen Furtick is a really great example of this. This positivity movement of the gospel. God, he's got a passion for you. He's got a mission for you. He does. But if you don't actually start acknowledging the the shame and the sins that you're hiding behind, thinking that you can keep white lying to yourself in the mirror or to your kids or to your spouse about your habits, about your addictions, about your thoughts, if you keep thinking that you can hide behind those things, you don't address the things that you're doing that inherently, innately, internally, you know isn't helping you, you're not going to move forward. You're not going to move forward. You're not making room for the Holy Spirit to be in you, to be transformed, because you also got to do the work, right? Walk as if the will is done, the will is fulfilled. And I always say, God, if it is not of you, take it away immediately because I do not want this. I do not want anything from you. But that also requires personal responsibility. So we have this movement today of gospel prosperity, Where everybody's going to be rich and abundant. Their bank account's going to fill. No. God is literally never talking about that. He's actually talking about the kingdom of heaven every single time. The riches that he is fulfilling in your life is the promise of the kingdom of heaven. That is is across the board in all scriptures. Literally what he is talking about. The fruits of your labor will produce you the ticket to get into heaven. Narrow are the gates. Not everyone enters right? We, we, we skip over or we see a lot of this skipping over of really key important pieces of scripture. And then we get into things like deliverance, where we're actually just watching people being invoked into panic and anxiety attacks to the point of them having seizures. It's like, <laughs> what is happening? Like, I'm so grateful the Lord put me in new age work for four and a half years so that I could witness this and see all the red flags written all over it. I'm not saying that the Lord can't invoke somebody to to create miracles. But in every scripture where Jesus creates a miracle, he says, go away from me and tell no one. And now we see on social media people doing miracle things and telling everyone. We have to read the word to understand the character of God. And the only way through him is through the son. So the character of Jesus too. So that when we're walking in our own personal lives. I cast out demons in Jesus by I never. Yes, I was literally just going to use this scripture, Veronica. I love that. I love that you brought that up. We are meant to develop our faith and our relationship with God personally, personally, so that when we come to church and hopefully the pastor is feeding us spiritually with the truth, not some indoctrinated version of everyone's inclusive because God doesn't accept everyone. That's why the gate is narrow, but he loves everyone because he knows the potential that he gave you when he placed you on this earth. There's a big difference, you see. So hopefully you're going to a church or a community where you're being fed spiritual truth, 
where you're actually being humbled. I think why a lot of people step away from church is because it's not positive. No, church is supposed to humble you. Church is supposed to correct you. And yeah, the pastor is probably a hypocrite because every single person really truly is that walks this earth. That's why God sent Jesus. But those who preach about the gospel, those who preach about the word are required to spend more and more and more time in it because of the breeding of false prophets. It's why I welcome when I ever post anything about scripture or even this, even this. I want people to challenge me because I don't want to do it wrong, but I'm not going to hold back and say, oh, I really hope, you know, one day I get it right and maybe I'll talk about it. I'm going to talk about it now. And if I'm wrong, I want people to correct me. I posted a thing, I think like six months ago, about how the the thirst trap of the sexuality movement and body positivity and getting into your feminine is actually just invoking demons. And I had done it right after a workout and I was in a sports bra and someone called me out on it. And I was like, thank you. You're right. I should have thought about that one a little more. The message is great, but the way I'm showing up to display this message isn't. And it's actually contradictory. So I welcome these things. But here's the catch 22. We have to be willing to develop this relationship in Jesus personally. Because we're going to go out into the world surrounded by hypocrites of all different kinds, shapes and sizes and colors. And we have to have that conviction in the spirit so that we can see the red flags when they happen. Otherwise, you just get sucked into another trap. So here's what I'm going to offer you about this. Okay. Um, oh, I'll come back to, I'm going to talk about this scripture quick and then I'm going to, I'm going to offer what you can do to help you avoid this idea that you need to be invoked into a panic and anxiety attack to be delivered of demonic attachments. Okay. I'm going to solve your problem here. If you feel like you need a deliverance or you witness a deliverance, keep this in mind what I'm about to share with you. So first let's start with this scripture, Matthew 7, 21 to 23. On that day, many will say, Lord, Lord, I did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoer. This piece of scripture should literally be like the plasterboard for what a lot of people new to the faith and those who are have been in a while, have been of the faith for a while should be like the banner because there's so many people coming in and wanting to get mega churches, have tons of people in their churches, have tons of donations in their churches, have tons of people coming to Jesus, be able to show the masses of the numbers, right? Everyone's kind of striving for that Jesus moment of feeding the 5,000. But the reality and the truth is that if you are feeding the people in your church, in your community, in your life with the word spiritually, It doesn't matter if there's one person in front of you or 10,000 people in front of you. Let God do that work. But when we see popular culture start to make its way into churches, we have to be weary of this because the other big thing with deliverance is then prophesying. I prophesy this in Jesus' name. You had a... It's psychic. It's psychic work. It is psychic work. Nobody's prophesying now today. The Bible specifically says that John was the final prophet. The last prophet ended with his life. So today, when we all of a sudden see all these people coming up and prophesying, it's like, 
how many of you read in scripture? And then they go, oh, you know, in Revelations, it talks about when the end of times comes, the Holy Spirit will be cast into everyone and they will prophesy in his name. Right. But let's acknowledge how that can get so watered down. And I really do argue, now this is my personal opinion, so I'm going to interject that here, that if we're prophesying in Jesus' name, it has way more to do with the displaying of the practice of faith and discipline in it than it does about telling people about their future. God literally already told us what our future looks like in the book of Revelations. God literally said, this is what the end of times is going to look like. We don't need to tell individual people their future. He already told us what it looks like. So our job in this era of revelations is to literally be the prophets of what living in the faith and the discipline looks like. Let that be the prophecy, the prophecy fulfilled. If we stand in the name of Jesus, we stand in the name of victory, we stand in the name of the prophecy fulfilled. So let us lead with that as a discipline. So if you feel like you need deliverance, it's a personal thing. Replace meditation of sound frequencies and healings and all this stuff with reading the word. And maybe it's one word that you sit and you meditate on. And you just ask God to speak to you through that. And you help him to understand what that means to you. And you just sit with that scripture and you be with that. Or you read a book, a chapter, a page, whatever. But learn the word, learn his character, learn Jesus' character. Be the prophecy fulfilled as you walk in the name of faith and the discipline of it. We don't need to tell people they're, you're going to come go on to be a doctor. Revelation says literally nothing about you prophesying individual futures for people. Right? We don't need to be delivered of these things. And if you want to be delivered of addiction and attachment and, and pain and suffering, pray. Get into communities with people who are going to pray over you but not need to deliver you consistently of the specific specificities of the trauma that you faced. We like, we got to start thinking about this stuff, guys, because what it's doing is putting such a stain on the Christian movement. And then we have a lot of people who go, "Ah, it's just a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, we're all hypocrites. Oh, they're not doing anything different than the New Age movement. You're right. They're not. That's the problem. (laughs) You're absolutely 100% right on that. We got to think about these things. If you want to truly be, in my opinion, someone who is of the faith who is transformed in the holy spirit it's because you walk in the discipline of every single day you catch your tongue when you want to swear you catch your tongue when you want to lie you catch your tongue when you want to yell you catch your tongue before you discipline so you can like pause in the moment and be holy spirit led and how to handle navigate or deal with your kids or yourself if you want to be in the holy spirit in this time that we live be kinder be more generous Tell the truth. When kids are saying, I'm a boy, when they're a girl, tell them the truth. You're not. Cut and dry. Biology. I know. I'm going to get some things for that one. But like, let's start leading with the truth. And how do we know what the truth is? We learn the gospel. We literally learn what God lays out for us as a manual for life. And we lead from that place. And we just, we, we, we acknowledge the red flags. We acknowledge the red flags. Work on better habits. Develop your, your personal relationship with God through the word. Spend the time applying it. Tell the truth. These are the ways in which you can combat 
addictions, attachments, demonic possessions. We gotta start having this conversation because it's getting so blown out of proportion. We got modern day exorcisms going on. Oh, 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 going on in parks now. And it's like, <laughs> this is crazy. So I have a feeling the sound cut out on Instagram. I'm going to leave it there for you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know your takeaways. It's uh, definitely a topic I'm going to come back to because it is very dear on my heart and it just blows me away how many people are getting deceived by what people are starting to peddle surrounding Christianity and coming to Jesus and needing all this protection in your name. If you are convicted in the Holy Spirit You stand in a place of victory. And if nobody has told you that, that means that you should understand whenever anxiety or worry or fear comes over you. Yeah, understand that there's spiritual warfare. Yeah, understand that there's demonic possession. Yeah, understand that there's evil in the world. Absolutely. But if your heart is changed, you don't need to worry about those things. In Peter, it says, cast your anxieties onto him and he will bring you peace. It's like, it's right there. The answer is literally right there. So, that is, that is my two cents on this topic today. Uh, I'm going to circle back with it some more with you guys. But yeah, this is just one of those things I'm like, how did we, how did we get here? How did we miss this? Let's do something about it. All right. I love you guys. Stay away from the deliverances. Go and pray and uh, have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found the faith and encouragement you needed to rise up and conquer. I am on a mission to impact 500,000 women with this work and I need your help to do it. If you could leave a five-star review and share this with a friend, I will be forever grateful. Remember, Jesus is the only name that can conquer all darkness and it is up to you to choose him daily so that you can live a purpose-filled, Holy Spirit-led life too.